afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Thursday, June 8th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, shall I? Do you know, folks, today is National Upsy Daisy Day? And my co-host does not celebrate this day because in 2023, Upsy Daisy, well, it sounds like the name of a drag queen. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. How you doing there, Drea? I'm good, David. Hi, everyone. And you're right. That's uh, You should go in the drag queen naming business. That is a really good name for a drag queen. Upsy <laughs> <Yeah>. Daisy. <laughs> you know, so many words from the past. I mean, hey, even gay. Gay used to be, I'm happy. I, I remember on Avenue Road in Toronto, there used to be a card shop called the Gay Gordon's Card Shop. Um, I think by the late 70s, they were out of business. <laughs> yeah, or they changed their name, had a whole new meaning, whole new meaning. <laughs> so it's just funny how uh, words uh, change their meaning over time. And, uh, and now, of course, there's this plague of phobia or ism. Uh, against yeah. any word of any community uh, of which you have a differing opinion, you're a hater, a bigot, uh, etc. So, uh, but we, but we carry on, don't we, Drea? So, my friend, sure uh, usually it is the job of you or any of my other co-hosts to lay down the rules of engagement of what we're ostensibly trying to do here. Lay down the law. <laughs> well, welcome everybody. <laughs> to the daily roundup and it's a fun segment that we get to do live so no editing done and you can join us as well so we go over the latest and current affairs we rant a bit and we invite you to comment through something called live chats you can do that on rumble or odyssey there's a little uh, thing on the bottom for you to see you go there you do a chat a donation towards our journalism to help keep the lights on here and keep us going and then we try to read those and incorporate that into the show. So it's really fun. I hope to hear from you guys. And yeah, so what are we talking about first? Well, of course, more virtue signaling on Parliament Hill, uh, courtesy of you-know-who. Uh, yes, folks, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, he was raising the pride flag. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably he wasn't doing it. That might take too much toxic masculinity, but he was there for the raising of the pride flag. Uh <laughs> Only a week late, mind you. But anyways, um, let's see what Blackface had to say about his latest woke virtue signaling effort. Yeah. And with that, I'd like to invite our Prime Minister and Minister uh, Marcy Ian to raise the pride flag, the moment we've all been patiently waiting for. <laughs> yes, all of us. <laughs> so patient. We'll see if he can do it this time. Remember, he struggled with the Canadian flag before in the past. It's a sign. It's the string, Justin. Pull a string. Prize every time. <laughs> Water box drink fox thingy. <laughs> Juice box. Oh, you got it. There it goes. Yeah. Our nation's new religion. Well, Drea, let me weigh in, and then I want to get your opinion on what we just saw. First of all, I want to speak about the, is it called intersex, I think? Intersex phobia going on on that old-fashioned Pride Progress flag. Because you see, folks, mm -hmm. the newest right. Pride Progress flag, the white triangle, uh, is now, it encompasses yellow. Thank you, Super Producer Efren. And as you can see, there's this, purple circle. I think that's called the purple flurple or something. And that represents intersex. Uh, you know, Drea, I think it's only a matter of time. And by the way, I'll tell you this, forget what it stands for. The original rainbow pride flag. 
because I'm a huge fan of less is more when it comes to engineering or graphic design. Uh, it's a great flag. It kind of reminds me of the um, retro, old-fashioned Houston Astros jerseys. Uh, you know, seven bars of equal size uh, forming the colors of a rainbow. Although I've never quite seen a rainbow in those seven colors, but I digress. And then along comes Pride Progress, which is the, mm -hmm. uh, the I think it's called the BIPOC vagina is the name of the symbol. And that's the white, baby blue, and pink for the trans community. But wait a minute. Yeah. The rainbow flag, that's LGBT. T is for yeah. trans. So they were already yeah. represented, but they needed extra special representation. And then right. the brown and the black, that's for brown people and black people. Wait a minute. Racialized. I, yeah. yeah. I, well, that's the thing. <laughs> racialized. Get the terminology correct. Okay. Yeah, well, I thought it was about sexual orientation, gender identification. <laughs> yeah. And now since, I don't know, maybe last year, you've got the yellow with the purple flirple circle for the intersex people. Uh, I swear to God, Drea. Um, I'm expecting next year an illustration of the kitchen sink to be superposed on the flag. Anything goes. First of all, what do you have to say about the lack of sensitivity by our prime yeah. minister for not raising the current pride progress flag? Yeah, it's just another failure on his long list of failures. I mean, and, and why stop there? There are now uh, people identifying as cats and vampires. So, I mean, the flag needs to be a lot bigger to incorporate that. But you're right. Why is there all of a sudden a strike for, you know, uh, people of color to be on there? I think it's just that this is such a small group. And so they need more. They want to keep getting more people to add so that their voice, their message, their ideology can be pushed further and louder. And that's why you're, you're seeing it drip into race. They need to... Uh, build their army so yeah you know what um that's a good point uh because and and if i think if i was a, a person of color i'm going why are you dragging me into the i mean there's almost a suggestion mm -hmm. that if you're brown or black you are therefore part of the lgbt community when probably it's the same percentage which is less than two percent of the overall population so i want to I really want to get an understanding of who designed this to bring race into it. And by the way, why only black and brown people? I'm not sure what color <laughs> he would use to represent Asian people, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> or, or indigenous. No, you're right. It's so many questions. And it reminds me of the Black Lives Matter movement, because I don't know if you noticed that there was a lot of black trans lives matter happening there do you, do you oh, remember that and uh, yes and a lot of the donations went to black trans organizations i mean how many people are in that group so there is a push but not just that if you look at some of the advertisement that is you know really trying to say like hey look this is our pride stuff there is such a disproportionate amount meaning there are a lot of black people in this. And that is just not correct for how many percentage of black people are, you know, trans or what have you. But they seem to be pushing that all over, sort of an advertisement to black people like, look, this is for you. Come yeah. join us. So it's not lost on me. I'm even seeing it in cartoons, believe it or not, strawberry shortcake, things like that, um, <laughs> where you'll have like two trans characters or, or two LGBTQ what? characters and two of them are black. And it's like, what's that all about? So I got to start reading <sighs> the funnies again, uh, Drea. You're giving me some new news here that uh, oh, strawberry man. shortcake are, are, are now trans yeah. people. What? Yeah, Holy Netflix. smoke. Um, you know what? Uh, it was a drag queen, sorry, and someone who looked like they possibly... Oh. They're cartoons, but crazy, uh, you know what I mean? But we know what age group that's launched at. So I've always said yeah. nothing against drag queens. You want to go to a bar, taking a drag queen show, hey, whatever floats your boat. But don't bring it into a library. Don't bring it into an elementary school. It's terrible. Right. I can only imagine 10 years from now what that flag is going to look like. And I'm not kidding, Drea. I think there'll be so many new symbols. Uh, like you said, hey, we got to throw in like a, a cat and dog face for the furry community. Because where do you draw the line without being called uh, blank phobic? And I want to say one other thing. Um, why does blackface get away 
with raising the flag a week late. This is June 8th. I think it was done either today or yesterday. Um, where or where was Blackface on June the 1st? Oh, I know where because I dropped by. He was at the Toronto Raptors practice facility. Mm. I thought he was maybe looking for another special rapporteur. See what I just did there? <laughs> Very Horowitz pat on the back. <clears throat> You're but, so witty. <laughs> but no, Drea. He was there to launch another useless virtue signaling exercise. I don't know if you know this. But last June for uh, a week ago, I should say, that was the first national day against gun violence. And how does one go about decrying gun violence and doing something about it? Well, it looked like getting a whole bunch of young people to come to the Raptors practice facility and wear T-shirts saying, stop gun violence. Well, I guess the gang bangers at Jane and Finch are just going to drop their Glocks, you know, once they see those t-shirts. And one other thing, once he de- uh, declared this new national day, not a holiday for anyone, even the uh, uh, silly servants in uh, uh, Ottawa, uh, did blackface bugger off again to Tofino to go surfing? Kind of like what he did during another national day two years ago but uh mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. drea uh wh- how does he get a pass by being a whole week late in raising the flag look i i could care one way or the other but i would suspect if i'm one of these hardcore zealots of the uh, alphabet mafia i'm really pissed right now that he didn't raise that flag right on june 1st in fact midnight uh, May 31st started yeah. up the poll. So what do you say? Yeah. Well, I'm sure some were waiting patiently. I do know there was a couple of flags on other parts of the parliamentary building that circulated on social media and things like that. But perhaps this is because uh, we are being conditioned to be reminded that it's pride season now, David. So there's plenty of time to raise the flag. A week into it sort of revives it and reminds people that this is an ongoing thing. This is, I keep calling it Canada's new national religion. And so maybe that was part of the strategy. It's like, let's stretch it out. You know, you really triggered a thought there with the new religion because so many of these people in this woke community, they are so anti-Christian, so anti-Catholic. They're so dismissive of Christian faith and pretty much just Christian faith. They won't go onto the third rail and start condemning, you know, Islam or Buddhism or you name it. And yet here we have in this community that all these colors and symbols represent something called two-spirit. You know, Drea, I mean, I might be wrong, but two-spirit, it kind of sounds a little religiously to me. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I think there's a spiritual connection, and that's more of an indigenous. I know it's more common uh, terminology used with indigenous people, but you're right. There's a, there's a lot going on there. And, and the good news, and we'll talk a little bit about it later, are there are signs that the average Canadian who is not a bigot, just does not want things like this shoved down their throat, is, has had enough. So we're going to get to that soon. So that's oh, encouraging. I, I think you're you're absolutely right. Before we go on to the next subject, I can tell you, uh, Drea, if you want proof in the pudding about how people are revolting on this, look mm-hmm. at Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, yeah. more than $16 billion U.S. Um, obliterated from their stock value. Bud Light is no longer the number one beer brand in America. Ma- imagine that, Drea. 40 mm-hmm. years of billions of dollars of marketing going into Bud Light when it were like, you know, fun campaigns like Spuds McKenzie, right? Yeah. Just destroyed overnight. I don't think it's coming back, right? Overnight, All because yeah. of this wokeism. Ask Target with their uh, tuck in your private parts bathing suits and their big pride displays. By the way, I wonder about this. Well, and it wasn't just the tuck in. It was the clothing line targeting children specifically yep. designed part of it designed by a Satanist who <laughs> put some satanic symbols. Like you can't make this stuff up. You can't. And I truly wonder, and maybe it will happen because of the backlash. Uh, July 4th is independence day for our American uh, brothers and sisters. 
-hmm. Well, Target's red, white, and blue uh, pro-America displays rival the size of their pride displays. I really wonder. I, if there was no controversy, I would say no, but maybe they're going to really triple down on the red, uh, white, and blue uh, right. to say, that, yeah, forget about that rainbow stuff last month. <laughs> we're we're you know, with I, you. I, wouldn't, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Budweiser even do the same. But it's not just U.S. We're naming U.S. examples. I don't know if we can find the article fast and then maybe we'll jump to the next thing. But a CTV article that came out of Ottawa shown that there was a, a big decline in how many children were going to school on Friday. Friday. Yes. So um, they had, um, from memory of reading it a few days ago, they had at least nine schools that had over 40 percent not attend school. And then they had two of those schools of those nine schools have over 60% non-attendance rates. So that was all June 1st. Um, of course, some kids normally miss, but that is, there we go. There's the article right there. That is a high percentage. I don't know what it looked like for other provinces. I do know people kept their kids home as well in BC. How many, I'm not sure. Might be a good sort of a tip for us to do but again, this is the silent majority. They're not doing Facebook posts. They're not going to protest because they're so terrified of being labeled bigots. But when you send home this indoctrination notice saying, hey, this whole day is going to be dedicated to, um, you know, to learning about sexual orientations and celebrating them, parents are going, ah, yeah, sounds like a snow day in June to me. <laughs> oh, no, you're so right. Andrea, south of the border on the similar note. You see in states like California, Virginia, Muslim and Armenian right. parents pulling their kids out of school for this nonsense. And what mm. I love is how the left is now turning itself into an ideological pretzel because no more when you have Armenians and you have Muslims, they can't blame this on white MAGA wearing white supremacists anymore. That That is obliterated because people of so many communities, so many faiths, so many nationalities and, and uh, you know, countries of origin are not standing up with this. So this idea that these are just MAGA bigots, sorry guys, not a chance. Just look no. at the reality on the ground. Absolutely. So, right, uh, and by the way, uh, Super Producer, what what are we watching right now? Heated school oh. board meeting. My goodness. This is the Armenians against. Uh, it, oh, and, right. And, oh, yeah. And Antifa, I got a little message for you. Um, you know what? I, I wouldn't show up at too many of these future yeah. events. Oh, because, goodness. Look at that. Hey. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. There was a hell of a lot of more people like Dre and I and our audience than there are of you, right? And if mm -hmm. you want to go mm -hmm. to one of these school board meetings or into the public square wearing trouble on your shirt, be prepared. We are sick of this garbage being thrown down our throats, being told we are bigots and homophobes and transphobes, and you better get on board or else we're going to give you a knuckle sandwich. I think we're seeing uh, you know, the, the environment change a little bit here, Drea. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I have an interview tomorrow with actually one of the activists who uh, was at that protest, one of the Muslim activists to talk about what's been happening in Maryland and everything. So that should be interesting for everybody. But um, yeah, I think that the, it's that people are noticing. And so we'll see how that plays out. But the good news is that they're starting to see like they're so blindsided if they only follow you know, the state preferred media that pretends everybody, every parent who's opposed to these sexual orientation curriculums in schools is some sort of bigot. Then they see things like uh, kids not showing up to school on Pride Day or what's happening with Target. And you can actually see in the comments parents going, what's going on here? Like there can't be that many bigots. <laughs> I've seen that <laughs> comment. And people are like, they always go to the books. They go, yeah. it's because books like this are in school. And then the people in the comments are shocked. Because the mainstream media is never showing them those books. Of course, Rebel News, we've shown you a lot. Uh, we have two different pages that show that, whether it's Stop Child, StopClassroomGrooming.com or KeepKidsSpacesSafe.com. Um, so they're finding, they're even finding Rebel News through this as well. 
You know, and that's fantastic. And before we depart from this subject and go to our first ad break, uh, Drea, to the question, how insane can this get? Well, here's the answer, folks. Toronto's Humber College, this is a college, is hosting a 2SLGBTQ plus ecology event. It will feature discussions on, quote, the many ways we see queerness, end quote, in plants and animals. One, Drea, please, me being a journalist of very little brain here, please explain gay dandelions and lesbian killer whales. I, I don't know. Like, what is this? I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot of the times, like when people are talking about, oh, trans is not gender dysphoria. It's happened in animals. It's happened in things like this. So I guess <laughs> this is to really give them a grasp on this. But it also reminds me and parents look out if your child starts saying, did you know that worms, uh, you know, are both male and female? So this is something it's another thing that's it's gender ideology and it's okay to learn this stuff if you're truly focused on science but part of it is being used to push the gender ideology on these kids so the parents aren't always catching on but if they push in a little further like well what else were you told sure enough it's a book that's being read in schools that's um, two worms and it promotes cross dressing they get married and they both mix they're both wearing, you know, the bride's dress and the men's groom and stuff. And so your five-year-old, your six-year-old is is trying to, uh, you know, process all this. So that is something to look into if your kid starts talking about the worms. You know, Find Drea, out what the whole lesson was. Th- that is unbelievable. And it is so disingenuous because here's mm-hmm. the difference. The worm has was created, has evolved, whatever word you want to choose that way. This is not a male worm. Or a female worm going, you know what? I identify as the opposite <laughs> sex worm, right? And no, I mean, that's how they were created. Because <laughs> <you know>, that's, <laughs> I mean, this is perverting science uh, beyond belief. Yeah. I will say this, uh, Drea, there is indeed a word for a species of animal that has gone completely gay. You know what it is? <laughs> extinct (laughs) anyways folks we gotta take an ad break and we'll uh, be right back on the other side Canadians for Truth proudly presents An Evening with Sarah Palin. Former Alaska Governor and Vice Presidential Candidate Sarah Palin's remarkable journey and steadfast dedication to speaking up when it's easier to stay silent are just a few of the many reasons you'll want to hear from her. This event will be hosted by Olympians Theo Fleury and Jamie Soleil and promises to provide valuable insights, inspiration, and entertainment. Get ready for an incredible evening, Sunday, June 18th, 2023. The show starts at 7 p.m. at the Grey Eagle Event Center in Calgary, Alberta. But act now because tickets for this will not last. So moving right along, Drea, our next topic is something well, it's right in our wheelhouse. David, one second. Just uh, just because we have a chat, a live chat that relates to what we talked about before. And those tuning in, you can chat with us and be a part of the show at Rumble and Odyssey. So Kuehl Beans 89 donates $5. Thank you very much. And just wants to let everybody know that there used to also be a movie theater called the Gay Theater in Toronto. So that was earlier when you were talking about the card store. So Oh, yes. Yeah. The Gay Gordon's card shop. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't remember. Could you? Uh, I mean. I'm not trying to solicit another super chat out of you, but you know, I mean, I go back several decades in this city. I, I remember so many of the uh, theaters that came and went. Um, I don't remember that one or where it was located. I want to know. Uh, so if you can educate us on that, but I, I get the feeling Drea 
it was probably a grandiose, spectacular movie theater, much yeah. like the uh, the the old University Cinema, which has been demolished, uh, the Carlton Cinema, um, the Eglinton. Uh, boy, they don't build them like that anymore. Now they're little cookie cutter uh, multiplexes, uh, barely larger than your rec room. Uh, but once upon a time, I guess before television, of course, uh, you needed a 2,000-seat cinema to pack them in. Uh, that That's not how it works these days. And I see Mr. Producer, he has come up with – yeah, there oh, it is. Oh, look at that. You know, it's, a, it's not Great as grandiose God. as I thought it would be. <laughs> kind of no, looks like no. the Red Barn. But yeah. <laughs> I, um, Efren, does it say where that's located? We're we're the busily Blue looking Bell for Theater. Parliament Street. Wow. Oh. And you know what? It had a whole new meaning or whole other meaning. Funny enough, you get up to Parliament and Carlton, that is kind of, you know, the outer boundaries of the gay village. So I would say, yeah, there's a new place for the gay cinema. <laughs> Parliament Street in the, in, in Toronto, you you might be well patronized given the uh, the neighboring neighborhood. But as I was saying, uh, Drea, here's something right in our wheelhouse: online censorship. Yeah, because you know, guys, you know who blackface is coming for when it comes to all these censorship bills. And lo and behold, a minister challenges senators to stand up to tech giants on Bill C18 as blackface accuses them of bullying tactics. Oh, that's rich, Drea. Justin Trudeau is accusing someone or something else of being a bully? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, it's so shocking. It's so shocking. But, um, yeah, not surprising at all <laughs> to see it. I just lost the article. I was planning on reading some of there it. But um, there we go. And of course, sorry, my screen, I'm on a different device than I normally use, so I can't actually see all of that. Uh, David, did you want to take over while I find myself? Oh, are you? who do you think are, I am? Clark Kent? I mean, uh, I'm sorry. No, Dr I'm sorry. Olivia's totally going to bump it up it. for you, Dre. <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's, you know what it is, Olivia? And thank you so much. It's so important to have the behind the scenes team. It's for some reason, it's half of the screen. I'm only seeing half of the article and I don't know what I've done. Um, to see it on there. So sorry. <laughs> sure. Okay. So here we go, folks. Heritage Minister Pablo them. Rodriguez says the world is watching Canada because of its federal online news bill. Actually, that's the first lie, folks. Uh, I'm doing a little fact check as I read. The world is watching Canada because of all the smoke from the forest fires engulfing the likes of Manhattan. But I digress. As he urged senators to stand up to the tech giant's threat to withdraw access to news on their platforms. You know, isn't this amazing when some of the senators were complaining about Bill C-11, the first censorship bill, uh, the government was mightily perturbed by that. Suddenly, uh, the senators, instead of being a nuisance, um, stopping the rubber stamping of legislation, uh, Drea, now they are potential allies. So again, unbelievable. Addressing senators examining Bill C-18, Mr. Rodriguez asked if, quote, we collectively have the courage to stand up to the big digital platforms. And I'm looking around the table. I think the answer, I know the answer will be yes. End yeah. quote. He told the Transport Anti-Communications Committee. Hmm. Uh, Anti-communication. You know, it's transport and oh, wait a minute. Why is transport and communications yeah. in the same? I mean, how? What are they? What? What do they have in common, Drea? There's all these titles going on here. Transport anti-communications is now involved in it. I, I don't know, but that's worth looking into for us as well. But I mean. I don't know. Are you feeling that a lot of people are aware? Like, is it just our bubble that's really aware of, you know, sort of the dangers I think are to come from this sort of um, these policies? Because when I talk to people who maybe, you know, don't uh, tune into Rebel News, they seem to not know anything about it. And I really think this is one of the biggest um, issues that Canada will be facing. 
I would predict, especially just before the election comes in, I think that's when we're going to start to feel some of the labor pains of all of this. Well, Dre, you're so right. Um, I'll tell you, if I went down to Young Dundas Square and I asked about Bill C-11, Bill C-18, uh, I would really need antidepressants afterwards. I, I don't think <laughs> one in yeah. 100 people, I swear I'm not exaggerating, yeah. would know what in blue hell I'm talking about. By the way, you ask these same yeah. people, have you seen Kim Kardashian's new rhinestone bikini? Right. Oh, oh they'll, ch they'll chat chapter and verse on that one until the sun sets. Our but I or think Kanye what, West's girlfriend or wife who looks exactly like Pete Davidson. <laughs> yes, ex exactly. So weird. But, but I think what Rodriguez is getting here at here is this idea of the the tech giants like the likes of Facebook um, paying royalties to sending out uh, news links of Canadian newspapers and magazines. Uh, kind of mm -hmm. like, you know what, we, um, we that is the blackface liberals, we, we, we can't be the only ones propping up this sunset industry. You have to, too. Exactly. And, yeah. And the tech giants going, yeah, yeah, no problem. We just won't tweet out Canadian news links. And yeah, suddenly this is bullying. Who's the bully here? Yeah. Who is the bully? Of course. Um, and also, isn't there something about um, like sort of a tax break for citizens as well? That's coming like sort of an incentive if you subscribe to the preferred state oh, outlets. Yes. Yeah. So that's right in line with this as well. Like it is so wrong on so many levels. We already have, um, you know, the state paying for a significant portion of over 95% of the media in Canada. And now you're going to be incentivized to subscribe to these um, outlets that would, let's face it, without this type of push of taxpayer dollars on them would be dead. Uh, and then you're going to have big tech doing things like this to make it all happen. And then who knows if you'll be able to find independent alternative media anymore just by search. Yeah, Dre, does anyone in this nation put a quarter in the newspaper box anymore to get their their paper no. or subscribe? My my nieces deliver newspaper and I'm like, I'm still so shocked about it happening, but that's, that's their job. <laughs> Drea, you said niece during pride month, according to Robert <laughs> Chevalier of the Toronto police diversity uh, division. Uh, you don't say niece and you don't say nephew because you don't know if your niece is identifying as a boy. You say oh, I know nibbling. what my niece is. Yeah, it's a nibbling. <laughs> my nieces know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> they know so, what's up. So, yeah, I. Um, how about this? How about we subscribe to a free market economy? How about we don't pick winners and losers? And by that, I mean media outlets. And for that matter, automotive companies and battery makers, which we are uh, subsidizing to the tune of tens of billions of dollars right now, Drea. Um, this is not the role of government. And you know, when you mentioned the tax break thing for subscriptions, I wonder, we, we, we should put it to the test. There are people that, um, you know, most of our content at Rebel News is free, but we have premium content uh, that is behind a paywall. And I wonder if our subscribers of that premium content will get a tax break for their Rebel News subscriptions. Yeah. I can hardly wait to see That's Blackface, right. you know, explain why you folks are not qualified. But if it's a Toronto star, yeah, come on down. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to wait and see. It uh, looks like there's another article here from the National Post. Government has options if Facebook, Google pull news content so yeah. apparently yeah so, so the liberal government oh is this this isn't what you just read is it oh no, no it, well we began but yeah. it, it, it's um i guess a sidebar if you will to what we were saying yeah. basically drea what's happening with the government calling these tech giants like facebook and google bullies what they've done is called the government's bluff and they go if we have to pay a royalty for putting out these links, well, then that's okay. We'll obey by the rules and we won't put out these links. And then uh -huh. suddenly, and, and I don't think the government expected this. I thought, you know, because so often, you know, and let's be frank, big government and big tech and big pharma, they all march in lockstep. Hand and in hand. Uh, looks like when it comes to the bottom line, 
<laughs> not so much in Silicon Valley. And well, they and the bottom. Yep. Oh, sorry, I thought you were. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the bottom line relates to the algorithm too, because yep. this is all going to mess up their algorithm, and that's going to make them lose a lot of money if they don't know what uh, readers and scrollers actually want to see. They can't keep offering them that information. I know YouTube. Um, someone at the top of YouTube actually did a full video explaining why they have issues with this and how it's going to mess everything up. Um, so that you're right. It is about the bottom line and it's good to see this kind of friction. hundred percent. Our last item on um, uh, the tech giants. Well, 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 we have a bit of a scoop here at Rebel News, don't we, Drea? What a bombshell. Instagram facilitates vast child porn network unbelievable so isn't this something you have a contrarian opinion to say vaccines uh you're banned uh you're deplatformed you're demonetized you name it and meanwhile the likes of instagram is peddling child pornography doesn't get more repugnant than that does it no i'm glad that this is being brought attention to because it's a problem it's not just a problem on instagram it's also a problem on YouTube. YouTube actually has done a lot of things to try to change this type of stuff. But I have personally noticed that Instagram is bad. And when you report something, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who have been victims of sexual abuse, child sexual abuse. And so I tend to report anytime I see a nude child, even if it's, you know, the parents are putting it up because they think it's cute and it's a baby, I report it. But if you report it so many times, Instagram, Facebook, they just come back and they say, like, this does, it's not against our terms and conditions. But then look how heavily they censor, I don't know, talking about what Trump tweeted on January 6th, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm glad to, or not, I'm glad that there's awareness about this issue, but it is so concerning um, that this is a thing. And it kind of even reminds me of pre pre-Musk Twitter, because I know that since Musk has come, one of his top priorities has been to try to help um, make sure that that is a safer place that isn't be exploiting children. And he has made changes in that area. So, a hundred percent. Well, Drea, we got to take another ad break. And on the other side, I want to talk about this shocking story. Folks, if you thought apartheid with, was something that thankfully died in South Africa in the early 1990s. Well, guess what? There's an Ontario school board that's going to be hosting a racially segregated summer camp right here in 2023. Unbelievable. We'll talk about so that wrong. on the other side of the set. something we all have to grapple with, whether you've had the virus, you've been vaccinated yourself, or if you're around those who were. The wellness company's Spike Support Formula is a daily supplement that can help you feel your best and then stay that way. Go to twccanada.health to get back to that pre-pandemic feeling with Spike Support. Use coupon code REBEL to save 10% off these doctor-formulated products, which are rooted in science. And for a limited time, your first month's membership is only 99 cents. That's twccanada.health, coupon code REBEL at checkout. It's time to put your wellness back in the driver's seat. Drea, you know, I just cannot believe the left anymore. What they used to stand up against, i.e. apartheid. I remember the days of the boycotts and the uh, divestment and pulling investments uh, of South Africa, not allowing them to play in the Olympics and the World Cup with good reason. And mm. it was to end that hideous racist system called apartheid, where you were judged by the color of your skin. You were black mm -hmm. or white or colored 
or Asian, mm -hmm. and there were separate buses for you. There were separate drinking fountains. Yeah. It was like some Bathroom. kind of other world nightmare. I got to tell you, I, I, I've been to South Africa. My uh, wife, or uh, the, the lovely Lady Menzoid, she, um, her, her parents made the decision. They were running successful businesses in Johannesburg, but they could mm -hmm. not take the system anymore. So in 1976, yeah. they left. And funny story here. They had two choices for their landing pad. It was either going to be Los Angeles or Toronto. And they came to Toronto <laughs> to check it out in the month of July. Wow. And they said, oh. oh, all this rubbish about winter and snow and cold. <laughs> you know, look at it. It's like hotter in Toronto than it is in Johannesburg. We don't even have to check out Los Angeles. We're staying here. And then oh, in wow. November, uh, little white stuff came down from the sky. And it was a real novelty yeah. at first. Oh, that wore off in about three days. But the funny oh, thing is, man. if they went to L.A. first or or if they went to Toronto in February, I never would have met uh, the lovely Lady Manzoid. But that was the Aww. reason they gave up everything. It was the odious political yeah, system of wow. apartheid. And now, what do we have? We have the left promoting apartheid. Uh, Drea, that, this must surely disturb you as much as it does me. It is so incredibly disturbing. And I also, like, who's behind this? I I am willing to bet, I could be wrong, that it's not Black people that are predominantly behind this. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yep. But, you know, it, it says here, um, the Durham Catholic <laughs> District. Oh, no. Uh, Ca Catholic, of course. And, again, Catholic District. Um school board will be offering a science, technology, engineering, and mathematics summer camp restricted to, restricted to black students. This is so wrong. And is this like tied in with this whole new thing about math being racist? It, it, you know, somehow math is racist. Um, it says the school board is pleased to share they are hosting a summer camp for only black students, said former Ontario high school teachers so they're pleased to have it and what i really hate about this stuff is that it tells my children of course they are not raised to believe this but it tells them that something is wrong with them you've been racialized it sounds like something has hor horrific happened to you before and you're having to deal with it you need these special things because uh you know you're you're a little special and that's not the case mm -hmm. and of course the segregation aspect of it we are just taking so many steps backwards with this wokeness and even I, I have a child who is actually gradding this year uh, from public school I homeschool my little one and I'm noticing in scholarships the scholarships that she's applying for they are being so racist against white kids. Honestly, yeah. there are so many scholarships up, out there for the LGBTQ community and for racialized people. And then white kids are just completely eliminated, even though they're statistically the, the most people in Canada. It's nuts. Uh, you know, Drea, my point of view, people might say uh, they might look at me and go, oh, yeah, it's easy for you uh, a whitey to be triggered by such a social justice initiative. I say it's not true. You just said very adroitly how I feel. And also I think back to half a century ago, Drea, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous speech, his I have a dream speech, where he said that his dream was basically that one day we will judge a person uh, not by the color of their skin, yeah. but the content of their character. Dr. Martin Luther King is rolling in his grave right now. In fact, if he were alive and well and speaking at school boards today, Drea, he would be demonized as a racist. I'm not, I am serious about this. He dreamed of a colorblind society, and the left today is all about uh, colorblindness being uh, a form of racism. We must, mm -hmm. you know, cherry pick and put into different silos, mm -hmm. different people based on identity groups. And that was completely contrary to what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had to say uh, on the lawns of Washington, D.C. some half century ago. Um, I find it sickening and I don't understand 
And and for this to be a Catholic school board initiative, all I can think yeah, about- Yeah, that's what I was gonna you know, Well, the Durham District School Board, that to me is the worst school board in Ontario. And folks, I know that's saying a lot when you have Halton, <laughs> Ottawa, you know, Waterloo, <laughs> Toronto. But it's almost as though the Catholic, uh, the Durham Catholic District yeah. School Board went, hey, what's with all this publicity the uh, the Durham District Board right. is getting? We want to get uh, that kind of publicity too. Well, if that was your agenda, boy, you're getting it. You are racist for doing this. That is it. Agreed. How does and, that and fit into Catholic doctrine? Exactly. You know, and it's not just Catholic. There's the the odd, you know, Christian church doing this stuff. It is racist. I believe it's Galatians where the Bible makes it very clear. You're not supposed to behave like this. You know, I can't remember the scripture, you know, neither Jew or it talks about there's no difference between the races. So Mm -hmm. why are we doing separate classes here? It looks like the Waterloo Region District School Board uh, said on March 10th, it will be hosting a career fair restricted to non-white people that that is so racist so here's these young kids you know they're getting to like I said my my eldest daughter's age where you know what am I going to do in life what careers can I have and things like that and the white kids are told no sorry you can't even go to this career fair this is disgusting I don't know why more white people are not enraged about this honestly I guess they've just been put in their place because if the tables were turned and this type of stuff was happening and black people were not allowed to go you better believe black people would be protesting about this oh uh, no I know that well I'll tell you why a lot of white people aren't saying anything uh, Drea in our cancel culture you're gonna be demonized and vilified as a racist a bigot anti-black you name it, just for saying, how about equality? And, you know, really what the racism is here, Drea, I call it the racism of lowered expectations, that because you're a visible Mm -hmm. minority, you have to have something special. You have to have an additional leg up. No, you know, you know, black girls, black boys are as strong as uh, those of every other race and should be treated as such. And by creating this special uh, kind of program, you're basically suggesting otherwise. That's what I say, Drea. Yeah. Our premier here in BC, David Evie, just did a tweet the other day about, you know, the anti-racism stuff that they're uh, working on and our taxpayer dollars are going to. And I just said, can you answer one simple question for me? What can a white person in BC do that I can't? If you can answer that question... Okay, then we've got a problem. Why does he bring race into it? Oh, he's always talking about race. (laughs) But the thing (laughs) is, I'm just saying, like, why aren't we celebrating that Canada is actually diverse and is not a racist country? Why are we putting all this racism to battle, you know, phantom racism? You're never going to eliminate. Obviously, there's a little bit of racism everywhere. But Canada is not at the the top of, of racist country, if you ask me. And the left in Canada and the United States, where all everything that the, our nations are based on, it's white supremacy, it's a racist society, and yet you go to the embassies around the world of some 200 mm-hmm. countries, and where are they lined up to move, right? Like, exactly. why would they go to some kind of Ku Klux Klan utopia as Canada or the exactly. U.S.? You know? My family was part of my family was invited, welcomed to Canada and given free land in Nova Scotia, you know, to escape slavery. We are not a racist country. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, we should move on uh, to this. I saw this story today and it it knocked me out. Uh, I could not believe the hypocrisy. It's an ongoing theme of this show right now, isn't it, Drea? But the Uh, Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation CEO, that would be Duncan Hammy? No, Hannay. Duncan Hannay. Yeah, not Duncan Brown. He was the one that was forced to resign in disgrace with all the insider wins uh, scandal. Uh, But I digress. Anyways, he's complaining, if you can imagine, Drea, about... Online casino and sports betting sites, basically they're advertising. I mean, holy mackerel, from the OLG, I can't listen to a radio or watch a TV show or go to an online site site, 
or read a newspaper without coming across or see a billboard, an OLG ad pushing their merchandise. But what's happened in the last year is, um, you know, uh, sports gambling has been liberalized a little. I mean that in the classical sense of the word. So no longer does the OLG have a monopoly uh, on their uh, sports gambling and what a hideous monopoly of that that was. That was uh, pro-line. And if you're a smart better, you are bringing your money to an offshore casino instead of giving it to the shysters at the OLG. But he's saying that, oh, you know what? Uh, they're playing the social responsibility card, even though they spend way more in marketing their lottery games, uh, Drea. And it's about the advertising. You know, maybe there needs to be limits. Maybe we need to have a ban, like you can't advertise cigarettes anymore. And that's where I'm coming to you, my friend. In the big picture, I don't care if it's lottery tickets, if it's hard liquor. Yes, even cigarettes, and we know used is directed. You're going to uh, prematurely end your life or, or die. The point <laughs> is, if these products are legal, if they have the right. state's blessing to be sold, then they should be advertised, period. And I don't care how much Bet365.com or MGM or any of the other online casinos are spending. They have a legal product. They have a, yeah. a license. They are permitted to sell. As long as you don't go to minors, of course, that's the caveat. So they, right. as far as I'm concerned, they can blow their brains out on their advertising and marketing budgets. And for the OLG to state this, if he meant this, the OLG would end all of its advertising right now for scratch tickets, you know, Laterio, Lotto 649, you name it. This is just staggering how this out of control CEO of a, of a gambling bureaucracy. And that's another thing, Drea. Why is the, why is the government in gambling as a seller of gambling products? <laughs> Your role is to tax it and to regulate it, not to yeah. sell it. And that's all I have to say. This is outrageous and hypocritical. What do you say, my friend? Yeah, it definitely seems so. Part of the article says that the question is echoing what some in Ontario have been saying. I clicked on that link and they're saying basically that it needs to stop for mental health reasons. Um, and then it says for more than a year that they've been saying this, which isn't really a long time when you think of this, um, as the province launched a competitive market for iGaming in April of last year, allowing more than 40 legal competitors to OLG to take bets. In just a year of doing business, private sector operate, operators have handled more than $35 billion in wagers and generated over $1.4 in gross revenue. So that's about 20% of which of that is owned to the province. So, yeah, this I actually hadn't heard about any of this. Um, but, yeah, this does seem outrageous. Oh, 100%. And so what is the OLG CEO, what, what is his real motive, his unspoken strategy, Drea? Mm -hmm. I bet you with the growth of all these sports betting apps, I don't know this for yeah. sure, but it can't be good for OLGs bottom line no. if you have x number of dollars to gamble with it's going to go to scratch tickets lottery tickets uh daily keynote you name it or sports and if you mm -hmm. blow the budget uh on the leafs as so many people in this province are want to do uh <laughs> then there's no more money left for the olg's products yeah this this is clearly what's going on and we should point out because the ndp Never one to miss out on supporting a bad idea. Well, yeah, they're with the OLG on this. Uh, that would be uh, Franz Jelanis. And she said, every commercial during the Stanley Cup playoff seems to be from one of the new companies offering Ontario sports betting and internet gambling. I have kids and grandkids. They all know more about iGaming than I do. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Why don't you resign? Because if yeah. your kids know more about the file <laughs> that you're a critic for, I think we're in a bit of trouble oh, here, right? That's so, such a and, and also, if you're really, you know... And why don't you watch what your kids are doing as thank well? Thank you. Like... <laughs> why don't you say something, uh, listen, uh, you're not old enough uh, to gamble, but even if you were 18 years old, 
What I would do, I would determine in your budget what's discretionary income, and maybe you want to buy a pair of blue jeans, maybe you want to put a bet on the Super Bowl, but you can't do both, but you're going to have to gamble responsibly. That's the kind of conversation I would have. Oh, no, let's ban the advertising uh, let, you know, for the sports apps. I mean, again, it's like this NDP MPP, uh, Drea, is asking for the nanny state to take care of her own kids. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's so obvious. You can see what this is really all about if you read between the lines. And it will be interesting to see what actually happens out of all of this. Yeah, uh, I would imagine it's going to go down to defeat. And I say this because, um, well, if you're the Toronto Star, for example, now once upon a time, Doug Ford and his late great brother, Rob Ford, uh, they called uh, the journalists at the Toronto Star a bunch of maggots. But last year, they gave Torstar, the parent, a sports betting license that is going to garner half a billion dollars a year for Torstar. So somehow they're all buddy-buddy. Uh, what were a bunch of maggots are now entitled uh, profiteers. So I don't think Fat Bastard is going to kill the golden goose here. Um, he's obviously got a special kind of relationship going with the star. I think it's to buy positive media coverage, Drea. I swear to God, I think that's his unspoken yeah. strategy. So the idea of this hurting tour star revenues and other friends in the online gambling sphere, not going to happen. No, no. We got uh, next on the list a little bit more of Trudeau. It looks oh, no. like MP, <laughs> him and MP Michael Cooper went head to head in Parliament over the fake rapporteur. It looks like <laughs> it's appearing as though JT, good old JT, may have withheld some important information there. So I think we have a video of that, do we not? Let's check it out. Yesterday, the Prime Minister's loyal rapporteur was asked to reconcile his conclusion that the spreading of disinformation in the 2021 election could not be attributed to the Beijing regime with the CSIS briefing to the former leader of the Conservative Party that said the opposite. The rapporteur said that he based his conclusion on evidence that he had at the time, evidence that was provided by this government. So, did the rapporteur ignore material evidence, or did this government withhold it from him? Which one is it? Honorable Prime Minister. Speaker, that evidence is available to the leader of the opposition if only he were to accept a top-secret briefing that he prefers to refuse so he can continue his baseless personal attacks against an eminent Canadian. But further than that, Mr. Speaker, it is a panel of expert public, ser uh, public se service officials who determined both in 2019 and 2021 that the election integrity held mechanisms that this government put in place that previous governments never bothered with. That's how we know the integrity of the elections in 2019 and 2021 held. That's right. The Honourable Member for St. Albert, Edmonton. Mr. Speaker, a report of the government's rapid response mechanism identified that Beijing-controlled social media accounts were spreading disinformation in the 2021 election targeting the Conservative Party, including an account with 26 million followers. And yet, incredibly, the rapporteur concluded otherwise. He ignored the report, he ignored the evidence, and instead whitewashed Beijing's interference. The conclusions of the rapporteur have no credibility. Will the Prime Minister fire him and finally call an independent public inquiry? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. These are the conclusions of the top public officials who had the task during the 2021 and 2019 elections to monitor the foreign interference that has been ongoing in this country for years and years against with the former Minister of Elections for the Conservatives. The current leader did nothing. We established a protocol whereby the, uh, the integrity of those elections were evaluated and reported on those integ that integrity held. Now, if the Conservatives think the integrity of the elections didn't hold in 19 or 21. Let them say so, Mr. Speaker. Yeah, I'll say so. It, it, the integrity is just fine because the blackface liberals got reelected in both of those years, uh, Drea. And, you know, and, and conservatives aside, we know of at least one 
NDP MP who was targeted by the Chinese. When or when is Jugmeet Singh going to find his spine and stand up to this government instead of playing this perverse kabuki theater of condemning uh, Justin on social media and then always propping it up. It's even affecting his party, which I can tell you is uh, increasingly lacking in relevance as this goes on. And I'm tired also of hearing the eminent Canadian, David Johnson. He is a personal family friend. Drea, Trudeau mm -hmm. should never have offered him this job. And Johnson right there. should have it ends. Yeah, said respectfully, Mr. Prime Minister, I cannot accept this. We, as you know, we are close family friends. And, yeah. you know, forget about the perception of a conflict of interest. This is conflict of interest it classic. Is. This is a mess. And um, I, again, I can hardly wait for whenever our next federal election is going to happen, uh, Drea, because this scandal gets worse and worse with every passing week. Yeah, the cards continue to fall and uh, more and more comes out. And as far as your Jagmeet Singh question, that's going to be on the people. It's got to be his own people, his own uh, voters that start to say enough is enough. Quit your bromance with uh, Trudeau and, <laughs> and start being a leader. And <laughs> um, But I won't hold my breath. But, you know, Drea, uh, of course, his seat is out in your neck of the woods. And I hear whispers mm -hmm. that his seat as leader of the NDP, it's in jeopardy. It is not necessarily a slam dunk. I know so many in the uh, well, actually, I heard um, uh, former liberal MP Dan McTague, who sat on the Hill for 18 years as a liberal. He's saying the people he meets in the Sikh community are mm -hmm. disgusted with Jugmeet Singh. They're saying, you know, he's well past his best before date. This dog don't hunt, as they say down in Alabama. So yeah. um, I'm wondering, uh, have you heard uh, whispers too that uh, it's by no means certain he'll even be the leader after the next election, whenever that'll be? Well, I can tell you I have heard members of the Sikh community uh, share that they are not his fans. They say that his last name... Singh means lion. He's not a lion. He's not re representing like a lion, and he's an embarrassment to them. So it wouldn't surprise me. I didn't know. Is that what the English translation of Singh is, lion? I don't know about English, but um, I don't know. That's what they told me. Oh, <laughs> I just okay. Took yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I think a little less lion, a lot more pussycat. That's Jugmeet Singh for you. There, oh, so. <laughs> Well, Drea, Look. I see we're at the uh, finish line unless we have some uh, super chats, my friend. We got a couple. Okay, so the words, one sec, the word sing is derived from Sanskrit word meaning lion. There you go. So there. Thank you. something new every day. Yeah. Drea, thank and, you for educating uh, me. That's my lesson yeah. of the day. <laughs> and Foodus has donated $5 to live chat. Thank you very much. And says 2S stands for two spirit, right? Yes. Yes. Because I am of the spirit to not file any slave tax this year. <laughs> Keep up the good struggle, Rebel. <laughs> Aren't and, we all? And so and I know according to the Toronto Police Service transgender training module, you're only allowed to identify as two spirit if you're native. So that that makes the question arise for me, Dre, if I'm non native, but I'm you know, kind of like a modern day male version of Sybil, 16 personalities. Um, what's the word for that? Well, now there is a, are you indigenous or sorry, do you identify as indigenous? So oh. you, you have an in, David, you have an in. You can identify. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, you know, it, it's like that. Uh, Meryl Streep movie, isn't it? Oh, uh, looks Drea? like we have one more chat yeah. before we leave and then we're signing off. It's from AMT60, another $5 donation. Thank, Thank you, you guys very much. When I was recovering from COVID in, in the hospital in February 2022, a black patient said I was white privileged and the Jamaican registered nurses treated me badly. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Hmm. Um, treated well well by other nationalities. So I'm sorry. I hope you uh, made some sort of complaint about that, if that's true. Um, but yeah, how white privileged are you suffering in the hospital that 
everybody has access to because you have COVID. It, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, here's the question based on an anecdote like that, Drea. And I think of, you know, my friend, Phil, and many years ago, we had this conversation and I think I was asking him, do you, do you, you know, experience racism in Toronto? He says uh, every day. And I go, oh, geez, Phil, I'm so sorry. Like, well, like what? He says, I get on the subway. You know, the operator's rude to me. I go to a, a restaurant. The waitress, uh, you know, is not smiling. And I go, Phil, welcome to my world. I, I experience that every day, too. Smiling. It might be that your race has nothing to do with it. And these are just yeah. miserable people that treat every all the customers the same. Right? And that's what's dangerous about teaching critical race theory to kids is because yeah. now their perspective is tainted. This person isn't smiling at me. They're racist. You know, this person didn't sit by me. Like, so... No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Let, let, let's not so easily jump to the race card. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. There might be more exactly. to it than that. Okay, well, uh, Drea, thank you so much for your co-hosting uh, skills. Much appreciated. Thank you to uh, Olivia and Efren, our super producers behind the wall. And uh, thank you to our audience, especially those of you who made some financial donations. That is so greatly appreciated. Our Alberta team will be hosting the live stream tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, folks, as always, stay safe and stay sane. Uh, today, I had the pleasure of tabling uh, the changes we are proposing to the standing orders that would render uh, the, uh, the, the temporary changes that were made during COVID permanent. Uh, I think this is an important moment for Parliament. Uh, this should be a signal uh, that the House of the Common People is a place where all can run, uh, where uh, somebody who has a family or who has uh, challenges uh, is going to be able to be afforded the flexibility um, to still represent their communities. Uh, and I think that it will materially change um, those who look at public life. Uh, and I think it will materially change uh, the way those that uh, get the privilege to serve can still maintain their responsibility to their communities and to their families while uh, responsibly addressing uh, the needs of Canadians in Parliament.